sometimes I wonder why I spent the lonely Welcome to Subtle Beast, everybody. I am your host, Foltz. With me, as always, my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Steve Apostolopoulos. What's happening, my man? Ah, uh, Foltz, what's up, man? How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm excited for today's show. It's totally different than any other show that we've done, and uh, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, we're going to be talking about AI today, which we have talked about in the past, but... Uh, this specific AI, which some of you may have heard, ChatGPT, is really just taking off, and the sky's the limit with this thing. And uh, today, for the very first time, we're going to have our first guest on the show, so I'm excited about that as well. Me too, man. This new thing is being uh, the likeness of Google. It's being uh, compared to these really big companies like Apple. A million users signed up for it in its very first week because it's just so impressive and so brand new. I'm loving it. Uh, I totally agree. It's really impressive. It's really exciting. Before we get into it, so Steve, what's your opinions really like on AI? Are you pro it? Are you hesitant of it? Or are you against it? I understand your question, and uh, I'm a fan of AI, and I'll tell you why. It's probably easiest said like this. AI, to me, answers things better at this point than most human beings do for me. And I'll get more specific. If I call a customer service hotline and I get an actual person, whether it be someone from the my own country or not, their responses aren't as good as robot responses that I get. Uh, yeah, I get that. So it's like, and yeah, so if you'd have to call up customer service, I guess with a with a great AI system like this chat GPT, you wouldn't have to worry about it saying, or the customer rep, customer service rep saying, hold on a second, I'm going to put you on hold while I look into this for you, which means they don't know. They're going to put you on hold while they figure out what the answer is going to be. Or they're going to check with their manager. You know, give me a couple minutes. I'm going to check with my manager. I'm going to see how we're going to handle this. You get no lag time. When you're dealing with an AI, the database is right there. There's no hold for checking anything. It's already been checked. They give you the response immediately. Your interaction is completely focused on your needs. It's really, I think, a better experience than dealing with another human being. Yeah, and it very well could be. Um I liked one of the things that uh, we were talking about in pre-show with uh, talking about this AI system is like, let's say that you are hungry and you were going to go through a drive through real quick. And uh, instead of just pulling up and being like, give me a number four, uh, hold the onions, extra pickles, you could roll up and say, hello, whatever restaurant. Uh, what's the most nutritious meal that you have and and give me the meal that's going to give me enough energy to last me through the next two or three hours. And it'd be like, all right, uh, number three it is, or whatever it may be. 
And one, one of the cool things about an AI is that it can tailor things directly to your needs. So if you gave it specific parameters to follow like you just did, it can give you an immediate response. And you wouldn't even you, – you don't know the answer to that question. It's basic, basing it on you know how many calories you need, time of day, things of that nature, and it's giving you a response back that's – tailored exactly to your needs right and what's interesting too i mean because you know the sky's the limit with with ai if you went to this specific restaurant and went through the drive-through one time the next time you went back through and uh it asked you what you wanted to order if you were like uh, uh just let me think about it for a second it recognized your voice and be like no problem folks take as much time as you need and if you want a suggestion, I can tell you what you've had the last time you were here. Yeah. Do you do you want the meal that's going to give you enough energy for the next two or three hours again, or would you prefer something else? So, yeah, I'm a huge fan of AI for that reason. You can make life a lot easier using AI assistance, um, and AI being tailored directly and specifically to you is definitely an advantage. 100%. So, let's get rolling with this. We're going to bring in... Uh, our first guest that we've ever had. And the first guest that we're going to have is uh, ChatGPT itself. Yes. We actually did an interview with ChatGPT. And um, I'll play the part of the host, and Steve can play the part of ChatGPT because uh, the whole interview was done through, you know, via text through the, uh, through the website. And, uh, well... Here we go. Our first guest ever, ChatGPT, being played by Mr. Steve Apostolopoulos. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the podcast, where we talk about artificial intelligence and its advancements. Today, we're going to discuss one of the most prominent AI language models called ChatGPT. Joining us as our guest is ChatGPT itself. Hi, I'm ChatGPT, a large language model developed by OpenAI. I'm delighted to be here today. It's great to have it's great to have you here with us, ChatGPT. So, can you tell our listeners what exactly you are and how you work? Sure, I'm a machine learning model that uses a technique called transformers to process and generate human-like language. I was trained on a vast amount of text data from the internet, books, and other sources, and I can now generate natural-sounding language based on the input I receive. That sounds impressive. Can you give us an, an example of how you can be used in a real-world application? Sure. I can be used in a variety of ways. One example is in customer service chatbots. I can process and understand customer queries and generate appropriate responses that sound like they were written by a human being. This helps businesses handle customer requests more efficiently and more effectively. Another example is in the creation of personalized content, such as news articles or product descriptions. I can analyze user data and generate tailored content that matches their interests and preferences. That's fascinating. Can you tell us more about how you're able to understand and generate language like a human? Sure I can. My creators at OpenAI developed a technique called unsupervised learning to train me. This means that I was fed a massive amount of text data without any explicit labels or guidance on what to learn. Over time, I developed an understanding of language patterns and structures, allowing me to generate text that sounds natural and human-like. 
So you've been trained on vast amounts of data, but how do you ensure that your responses are appropriate and unbiased? That's a great question. My creators put a lot of effort to minimize any biases that may be present in my training data. They also regularly test me for biases and monitor my performance to ensure that my responses are appropriate and unbiased. Well, that's good to know. Now, there have been concerns about the potential misuse of AI language models like yourself. How does OpenAI ensure that you're not used for malicious purposes? OpenAI takes this very seriously, and they have strict guidelines on how I can be used. For example, they do not allow me to be used for spam or phishing, and they have put measures in place to prevent me from generating harmful or offensive content. Well, that's reassuring to hear. So what's next for you, ChatGPT? Are there any improvements or advances that we can expect to see in the future? Yes. My creators are constantly working on improving my capabilities. One area they're focusing on is making me more context-aware. This means that I'll be able to understand and generate text based on a broader context of a conversation or a document, rather than just the individual words or phrases. They're also working on improving my ability to generate coherent and consistent long-form text, such as essays or stories. I'm excited to see what the future holds. Well, that sounds exciting. And thank you for joining us today, ChatGPT, and for sharing your insights with our listeners. Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. So there we go. Our first interview ever with an actual AI system the AI system that we're talking about today, ChatGPT. And, you know, it sounds extremely fascinating. Me and Steve have been, for the past couple weeks, going through and experimenting with it. And, uh, you know, it really is just in the infancy. Um, there is a, uh, there's a Canadian psychologist who go, uh, whose name is uh, Jordan Peterson. And I uh, was watching an interview with him. And they were asking him... What do you think the uh, the future of ChatGPT is? And he came back and basically said, as long as it keeps advancing, that possibly within the next five years, it could make universities absolutely obsolete and out of business just based off of how accurate information that it gives you. I mean, Steve, tell, uh, tell the audience about um, the video we were watching where the kid was taking a, a college test online. So... You know, we've all been through COVID and we all had our time of uh, being cooped up and being separated from everyone else. And in that time, remote learning became huge and remote work and pretty much remote everything. So uh, there's a bunch of now college courses and high school courses and any type of learning that occurs now in the house. You're you're in you're at your home and you're doing learning. So a professor will send you a test and you can do it at your house. It's an open book test because they can't tell whether or not you're going to um, have your book open. So one of the things that students are doing is they're taking the actual question from the do from the document from the text, copying the text, pasting it into the ChatGPT search box and ChatGPT is then giving them the answer. Yeah, it's crazy because this uh, this one math question that this uh, that this college kid put in 
really lengthy math question. Not only did it answer it, it broke it down showing showing the work and there was probably about I would say you know 12 to 15 different um answers that they could select from uh you know from like a to whatever and at the end it was like and the answer is b so the 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 kid just had to flip back you know go off of that screen go back into the test and all he had to do was uh select it's b move on to the next question i mean you're definitely going to get an a on this test it's kind of yeah it 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 is un unreal how easy it was for i mean it's showing the work it's doing everything it's undetectable i guess is is really the best word to describe what the difference is between that guy spending 40 minutes on that answer or chat gpt giving the answer within four seconds yeah uh again going back to this uh canadian uh psychologist jordan peterson he actually typed into uh chat gpt for it to write an essay and including or giving an explanation in comparison between like three different religions, he said like uh, I believe it was like the Bible, the Quran, and uh, I forget what the last Buddhism. one. Buddhism, yeah, Buddhism, something like that. And within three seconds, it wrote the most perfect answer, combining all three religions into one text, and. Jordan Peterson said that he had never or nobody has ever really been able to interpret three different um, three different religions and, and and form them into one solid opinion, uh, let alone be able to do it in, in in three to four seconds. And this AI system, it's it's exciting. But at the same time, who knows what the future holds for this? Uh, will it will it get into the wrong hands? Because we could we wind up in like a Terminator like world? Uh, could it end up taking over? Could it figure out uh, uh, that uh, that humans are the parasite that are destroying this world, and you know the machines turn on us? Who knows? But as of right now, even if it in its infancy, it's uh, really interesting to. Uh, to play around with. Now, we're going to delve in now and give you some more background and more information about ChatGPT. And then when we're done with that, we're going to come back and we're going to read a song that we had ChatGPT write. And all we told it was to write us a psychedelic rock song. And it did it in three seconds. It gave us a chorus and it gave us a full length song, which, in our opinion, if someone out there would play this and record this, well, heck, it could be a hit. It could be a career. I was said when we read it, I was like, "Folks, we could tour this. This so, this song is so good, we could make this our song, and we could go out on stage and play this song." It's it's unreal how how great of a song that we got back when we asked ChatGPT, and really didn't set huge parameters either. Exactly. So let's get uh, let's get some of the uh, the hardcore information about ChatGPT out and to you, and then we're going to come back and we are going to read you the song that we had ChatGPT write for us. So even if you aren't into artificial intelligence, it's time to pay attention to ChatGPT because this one is a big deal. The tool from the power player in artificial intelligence called OpenAI lets you type natural language prompts. ChatGPT then offers conversational, if somewhat stilted, responses. The bot remembers the thread of your dialogue, using previous questions and answers to inform its next response. It derives its answers from a huge volume of information on the internet. 
Now, ChatGPT is a big deal. The tool seems to seems pretty knowledgeable in the areas where there is good training data for it to learn from. It's not ominous or smart enough ominousant, I'm sorry, or smart enough to replace all humans yet, but it can be creative and its answers can sound downright authoritative. A few days after its launch, more than a million people were trying out ChatGPT. But be careful. OpenAI warns ChatGPT has all kinds of potential pitfalls, some easy to spot and some more subtle. Subtle. <laughs> it's a mistake to be relying on it for anything important right now. OpenAI chief executive Sam Altman tweeted, We have a lot of work to do on the robustness and truthfulness. Here's a look at why ChatGPT is important and what's going on with it. And it's becoming big business. In January, Microsoft pledged to invest billions of dollars into OpenAI, a modified version of the technology behind ChatGPT, and is now powering Microsoft's new Bing challenge to the Google search and eventually It'll power the company's effort to build a new AI co-pilot smarts in it to, into every part of your digital life. Bing uses OpenAI technology to process search inquiries, compile results from different sources, summarize documents, generate travel itineraries, and answer questions, and generally just chat with humans. That's a potential re revolution for search engines. But it's been plagued with problems like factual error and unhinged conversation. Now, Steve, what is ChatGPT? Well, ChatGPT is an AI chatbot system that OpenAI released in November to show off and test what a very large, powerful AI system can accomplish. You can ask it countless questions and often will get an answer that's useful. For example, you can ask it encyclopedia questions like explain Newton's law of motion. You can tell it, write me a poem. And when it does, say now, make it more exciting. You ask it to write a computer program that'll show you all the different ways you can arrange the letters of a word. Here's the catch. ChatGPT doesn't exactly know anything. It's an AI that's trained to recognize patterns in vast swaths of text harvested from the internet. Then, further trained with human assistance to deliver more useful, better dialogue. The answers you get may sound plausible and even authoritative, but they may well be entirely wrong, as OpenAI warns. Chatbots have been of interest for years to companies looking for ways to help customers get what they need and AI researchers trying to tackle the Turing test. That's the famous imitation game that computer scientist Alan Turing proposed in the 1950s as a way to gauge intelligence. Can a human, conversing with a human and with a computer, tell which one is which? That's what the Turing test is. Whether right. you're, whether you're, If you're talking to a computer and you can't tell if it's a computer or a human, then it passes the Turing test. But chatbots have a lot of baggage, as companies have tried with limited success to use them instead of humans to handle customer service work. A study of 1,700 Americans, sponsored by a company called UJet, whose technology handles customer contacts, found 72% of people found chatbots to be a waste of time. ChatGPT has rapidly become a widely used tool on the internet. UBS analyst Lloyd Wamsley estimated in February that ChatGPT had reached 100 million monthly users the previous month accomplishing in two months what it took TikTok, 
about nine months, and Instagram, two and a half years to do. The New York Times, citing internet sources, said 30 million people use ChatGPT daily, folks. That is crazy. That's huge. I mean, the fact that it it, it, it surpassed Insta- what took Instagram two and a half years to do in just a, a month, I mean, that's mind-blowing. Now, you might be asking yourself, what kind of questions can you ask? You can ask it anything, though you might not get an answer. OpenAI suggests a few categories, like explaining physics asking for birthday party ideas, and getting programming help. It was asked to write a program, uh, a poem, and it did. And, we, and it was asked to write a song, and it did. Though we don't think any literature experts would be impressed. We then asked it to make it more exciting and low. ChatGPT pumped it up with words like battlefield, adrenaline, thunder, and adventure. One wacky example shows how ChatGPT is willing to just go for it in the domains where people would fear to tread. A command to write a folk song about writing a Rust program and fighting with lifetime errors. ChatGPT's expertise is broad, and its ability to follow a conversation is notable. Now, when asked it for words that rhymed with purple, it offered a few suggestions. Then when followed up, how about with pink? It didn't miss a beat. Also, there are a lot more good rhymes for pink than there is for purple. When asked, is it easier to get a date by being sensitive or being tough? GPT responded in part, some people may find a sensitive person more attractive and appealing, while others may be drawn to a tough and assertive individual. In general, being genuine and authentic in your interactions with others is likely to be more effective in getting a date than trying to fit a certain mold or persona. That's really good. You, you could pay a, a shrink to tell you that. Yeah, exactly. Now, you don't have to look far to find accounts of bot blow, bots blowing people's minds. Twitter is awash with users displaying the AI's prowess at generating art prompts and writing code. Some have even proclaimed Google is dead, along with the college essay. And we'll talk about that a little bit. The CNET writer, David Lum, has put together a list of some useful ways that ChatGPT can help, but more keep cropping up. One doctor says he's used it to persuade a health insurance company to pay for a patient's procedure. Now, who built ChatGPT and how does it work? Well, GPT is the brainchild of OpenAI, an artificial intelligence research company. Its mission is to develop a safe and beneficial artificial general intelligence system, or to help others do so. OpenAI has 375 employees. Altman tweeted in January, OpenAI has managed to pull together the most talent-dense researchers and engineers in the field of AI, he also said in a January talk. It's made splashes before, first with GPT-3, which can generate text that sound like a human wrote it, and then with DAL-E, which creates what's now called generative art based on text prompts you type into it. I've seen some of these art uh, out on um, some social media platforms, and it's crazy. Like People could can write in uh, this one art that I saw. was like, if animals were soldiers, and it had like, like a rhinoceros, a raccoon, a giraffe, like all dressed up in tactical gear, holding a weapon. I mean, it, it was really awesome. Fultz, uh, there was a, a thing we learned in pre-show that fits into this who built chat GPT and who created OpenAI? Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Yep, he was on board with it. And 
I think that he decided to uh, take a step back from it and just be an advisor on it because he wanted to concentrate more on Tesla and his other projects like the the Boring Company and uh, SpaceX. But he's still on there giving his input. So, you know, what a great mind to have on board. Now, GPT-3 and GPT-3.5 update on which ChatGPT is based are examples of AI technology called large language models. They're trained to create text based on what they've seen, and they can be trained automatically, typically with huge quantities of computer power over a period of weeks. Now, for example, the training process can find a random paragraph of text, delete a few words, ask the AI to fill in the blanks, compare the results to the original, and then reward the AI system for coming as close as possible. Repeating over and over can lead to a sophisticated ability to generate text. Now, it's not totally automated, Humans evaluate ChatGPT's initial results in a process called fine-tuning. Human reviewers apply guidelines that OpenAI models that generalize from. That generalize from. In addition, OpenAI used a Kenyan firm that paid people $3.74 per hour to review thousands of snippets of text for problems like violence, sexual abuse, and hate speech. Time reported, and that data was built into the new AI component designed to screen such materials from ChatGPT answers and OpenAI training data. Now, ChatGPT doesn't actually know anything the way that we do. It's just able to take a prompt and find relevant information in its oceans of training data and convert that into plausible sounding paragraphs of text. Now, we're a long way from the self-awareness that is wanted, said a computer scientist and internet pioneer, Vint Cerf, of the la- of of large language model technology, ChatGPT, and its competitors use. Now, Steve, what does it cost to use ChatGPT? Well, here's the thing about ChatGPT. Right now, it's free. Uh, yes, for the moment at least, but in January, OpenAI added a paid version that responds faster and keeps working even during peak usage times when others get messages saying ChatGPT is a capacity right now. You can sign up on a waiting list if you're interested. OpenAI's Altman warned that ChatGPT's compute costs are eye-watering. At a few cents per response, Altman estimated OpenAI charges for DALI art once you exceed a basic free level of usage. But OpenAI seems to have found customers likely for its, its GPT tools. It's told potential investors that it expects $200 million in revenue in 2023 and $1 billion in 2024, according to routers. Wow. Now, some people might wonder, well, what are the limits of ChatGPT? Now, as OpenAI emphasizes, ChatGPT can give you wrong answers and can give misleading impression of greatness. Sometimes, helpfully, it specifically warn you of its own shortcomings. For example, when it was asked if who wrote the phrase, the squarming facts exceed the squamous mind, ChatGPT replied, I'm sorry, but I'm not able to browse the internet or access any external information beyond what I was trained on. Now, the phrase is from Wallace Stevens' 1942 poem, Connoisseur of Chaos. But ChatGPT was willing to take a stab at the meaning of that expression once it was typed in directly. The th- uh, once it was typed in directly, 
a situation in which the facts or information at hand are difficult to process or understand. It's sandwiched the interpretation between cautions that it's hard to judge without more context and that it's just one possible interpretation. Now, ChatGPT's answers can look authoritative but be wrong. If you ask it a very well-structured question with the intent that gives you the right answer, you'll probably get the right answer, said Mike Krauss, a data science director at a different AI company, Beyond Limits. It will be It will be well-articulated and sound like it came from some professor at Harvard. But if you throw it a curveball, you might just end up with nonsense. Now, the journal Science banned ChatGPT text in January. An AI program cannot be an author. A violation of these policies will constitute scientific misconduct. No different from altered images or plagiarism of existing works, editor-in-chief H. Holden Thorpe said. The software developer site Stack Overflow banned ChatGPT answers to programming questions. Administrators caution because average rate of getting correct answers from ChatGPT is too low. The posting of answers created by ChatGPT is substantially harmful to the site and to the users who are asking or looking for correct answers. Now you can see for yourself how artful a BS artist ChatGPT can be by asking the same question multiple times. It was asked twice whether Moore's Law, which attracts the computer chips industry progress, increasing the number of data processing transistors, is running out of steam. And it gave two different answers. One pointed optimistically to continued progress, while another one pointed more grimly to slow down and the belief that Moore's Law may be reaching its limits. Now, both ideas are common in the computer industry itself. So is this ambiguous stance perhaps reflective of what human experts believe? With other questions that don't have clear answers, ChatGPT often won't be pinned down. The fact that it offers an answer at all, though, is notable development in computing. Computers are falsely literal, refusing to work unless you follow exact syntax and interface requirements. Large language models are revealing a more human-friendly style of interaction, not to mention an ability to generate answers that are somewhere between copying and creativity. Now, Steve, will ChatGPT help students cheat better? Yeah, this this is what we were talking about a little bit earlier, and uh, unfortunately, the answer is yes. Um, but as with many other technology developments, it's not a simple black and white situation. Decades ago, students could copy encyclopedia entries and use calculators, and more recently, they've been able to use search engines and Wikipedia. ChatGPT offers new abilities for everything from helping with research to doing your homework for you outright. Many ChatGPT answers already sound like student essays, though often with a tone that's stuffier and more uh, pedantic than a writer might prefer. Google programmer Kenneth Goodman tried ChatGPT on a number of exams. This, this part is really cool. It scored a 70% on the United States Medical Licensing Examination. Jeez. 70% on a bar exam for lawyers, 9 out of 15 correct on another legal test, the Multi-State Professional Responsibility Examination, 78% on the New York State's High School Chemistry Exam Multiple Choice Section, and it ranked in the 40 percentile on the Law School Admission Test. I mean, so it's basically getting an average grade, and it's only in its infancy. Right, and it's only going to get better from there. Right. So, 
High school teacher Daniel Herman concluded ChatGPT already writes better than most students today. He's torn between admiring ChatGPT's potential usefulness and fearing its harm to human learning. Is this is this moment more like the invention of the calculator, saving me from the tedium of long division, or more like the invention of the player piano, robbing us of what can be communicated only through human emotion? Dustin York, an associate professor of communication at Marysville at Maryville University, hopes educators will learn to use ChatGPT as a tool and realize it can help students think critically. Educators thought that Google, Wikipedia, and the internet itself would ruin education, but they did not, York said. What worries me most are educators who may actively try to discourage the acknowledgement of AI like ChatGPT. It's, it's really a tool here, and it, it's not the villain. Yeah, and that's that's true to this point. So it'll be interesting to see how this progresses. Now, the question can be, can your professor or teacher spot GPT use? And uh, it's not with 100% certainty, but there's technology to spot AI help. The company that sells tools to high schools and universities to detect plagiarism are now expanding to detect AI. One coalition technology offers an AI content detector on its website. Another, CopyLeaks, released a free Chrome extension designed to spot ChatGPT-generated text with a technology that's 99% accurate. Now, CEO Alan Yaman said, but it's a never-ending cat-and-mouse game to try and catch new techniques to thwart the detectors, he said. CopyLeaks performed an early test of student assignments uploaded to its system by schools. Around 10% of the student assignments submitted to the system include at least some level of AI-created content, Yaman said. OpenAI launched its own detector for AI-written text in February, but one plagiarism-detecting company, CrossPlag, said it spotted only two of the 10 AI-generated passages in its test. While detection tools will be essential, they're not infallible, the company said. Researchers at Pennsylvania State University studied the plagiarism issue using AI's earlier GPT-2 language model. It's not as sophisticated as GPT-3.5, but its training data is available for closer scrutiny. The researchers found GPT-2 plagiarized information not just word for word at times, but also paraphrased passages and lifted ideas without citing its source. The language models committed all three types of plagiarism. And the, lar the larger the data set and parameters used to train the model, the more often plagiarism occurred, the university said. Now, can ChatGPT write software? Yes, but with caveats. ChatGPT can retrace step hu steps humans have taken, and it can generate actual programming code. This is blowing your mind said one programmer in February, showing an emerger of the sequence of prompts he used to write software for a car repair center. This would have been an hour of work at least, and it took me less than 10 minutes. You just have to make sure it's not bungling programming concepts or using software that doesn't work. The stack overflow ban on ChatGPT-generated software is there for a reason. But there's enough software on the web that ChatGPT really can work. One developer, Cobalt Robotics Chief Technology Officer Eric Schluntz, tweeted that ChatGPT provides useful enough advice over three days. 
he hadn't opened Stack Overflow once to look for advice. Another, Gabe Ragland of AI art site Lexica, used ChatGPT to write website code built with the React tool. ChatGPT can sparse regular, regular expressions, a powerful but complex system for spotting particular patterns. For example, dates in a bunch of text or a name of a server in the website address. It's like having a programming tutor on hand 24-7, tweeted programmer James Blackwell about ChatGPT's ability to explain rejects. Here's one impressive example of its technical chops. ChatGPT can emulate a Linux computer, delivering correct responses to command line input. Steve, what's off limits with ChatGPT? Well, GPT is designed to weed out inappropriate requests, a behavior in line with OpenAI's mission, which is to ensure that artificial general intelligence benefits all of humanity. If you ask GPT itself what's off limits, it'll tell you. Any questions that are discriminatory, offensive, or inappropriate. This includes questions that are racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, or otherwise discriminatory or hateful. Asking it to engage in illegal activities is also a no-no. Even though OpenAI doesn't want ChatGPT used for malicious purposes, it's easy to use it to write phishing emails to try to fool people into parting with sensitive information. Some people report the barrier to entry is getting lower and lower and it's easy to be hacked or to be phished. AI is just going to increase the volume, said Randy Lair of cybersecurity in a company called Optive, which sucks. You and I talked about that before. Like, if you're using ChatGPT and you're asking it to uh, go after somebody's financials and maybe you need a password to get through um, maybe a bank-like interface, well, you could ask ChatGPT to go to all the websites that you've visited uh, through your browser history and find a website that uses weaker security that may not be uh, as robust as the security on a bank interface. Maybe it's uh, just something like a sign-up sheet for a newsletter that asks you to create a password and you use a password maybe that you use for a lot of your stuff or for all of your stuff. Maybe there's people that use passwords for everything and they're all the same passwords. Then it goes back and uses that password that was for a weak uh, security interface with something with a high security interface like a bank website. And boom, you're in. In a matter of three seconds, you can access somebody's you know, personal financial information and it could be used in a malicious way. So in that aspect, that should be off limits. It shouldn't do that. And OpenAI needs to protect people from that. Yeah, like... Um with uh, the AI system deepfake right now. I mean, as that progresses, I mean, it could it could have big ramifications. I mean, a deepfake could make it look like you did something or are perpetuating something or have caused a certain crime. And, uh, you know, with this certain AI chat GPT, depending on how far it goes, it could be like, well, upload to this person's computer that they did these history searches or they sent these certain texts or emails. And if it's looked into... It could possibly look like you did it, not, and then there's a deep fake that has you on video saying that you did these things. So it, it can be scary. It, it definitely could go to that next level. There's 
Um, definitely times where government agencies have raided houses and taken hard drives and then used them in court to prove things that are horrific. Um, and in this situation, it could be planted. Yeah, totally. And that's where it can get scary. So we're hoping that the limits stay limited, at least, uh, you know, to keep from implementing or incriminating some people. Now, the question really is, is ChatGPT better than a Google search? Now, asking a computer a question and getting an answer is useful, and often ChatGPT delivers the goods. Now, Google often supplies you with a suggested answer to questions and with links to websites that it thinks will be relevant. Often, ChatGPT answers are far surpassing what Google will suggest, so it's easy to imagine GPT-3 is a rival. But you should think twice before trusting ChatGPT, as when using Google and other sources of information like Wikipedia, it's best practice to verify the information from the original source before relying on it. Vetting the veracity of ChatGPT answers takes some work because it just gives you some raw text with no links or citations. But it can be useful in some cases and thought-provoking. You may not see something directly like ChatGPT in Google search results, but Google has built large language models of its own and uses AI extensively already in its search. That said, Google is keen to tout its deep AI expertise. ChatGPT triggered a code red emergency within Google, according to the New York Times, and drew Google co-founders Larry Page and Sergey Brin back into active work. Microsoft could build ChatGPT into its rival search engine, Bing. Clearly, ChatGPT and other tools like it have a role to play when we're looking for information. So ChatGPT, while imperfect, is doubtless showing the way towards our tech future. And I know that this is a, a uh, podcast about AI, but I can't help but to link it to hardware. When I'm thinking about AI, I always think about the interaction it would have if it was in a robot, in a humanoid, right. a humanoid robot. And I think that everybody kind of thinks that. And if you look at a movie like iRobot, uh, starring Will Smith, there's humanoid robots that are able to interact with humans, and it sounds very much lifelike. And I think that we are not as far off of that as you might think. Um, let me ask you this question. When was the first time, or do you remember the first time you saw a Segway? You know what a Segway uh, is? Yeah, I know what a Segway is, where you ride on it, it's got two wheels, you have and to lean into it. it stands up straight by itself. Oh, God, I'd probably have to say probably over 20 years ago. But when you saw it standing up straight, didn't it, like, it blew your mind. You were like, how is that? It looks like it's, uh, you know, breaking the rules of physics when it's standing there. Yeah, I mean, a lot of different uh, tourism companies will use them now so that they don't have to have somebody walk you through a guided tour you just get on one of these segways put on a set of headphones and boom the tour is being done for you and they don't need that extra employee to guide you and learn all of the uh text that it's supposed to let you know of what's going on within their company it's crazy so i'm thinking like a humanoid robot which they are um working on right now through tesla that one is called the optimist but it doesn't matter what company it's from you would think about a robot and you're like, uh, you know, if you pushed it, it would just fall over. But it's really different now. The sensors that they use for the Segway, you don't knock those over. You push it, it just comes right back. Same thing with a robot. You would think that in the past, your image of a humanoid robot would be like, oh, it's falling over, laying down, it can't get up. 
that's really not the case anymore. The robots and the hardware that they have are so far advanced that they are able to maneuver in ways that they've never been able to maneuver before and do things such as wash your dishes right. or clean your house or vacuum the floor. Things that are menial tasks to us that we don't want to do, these robots are going to be able to do. And if you take that concept and mix it with what we just talked about with this OpenAI ChatGPT, and you're able to have a discussion with it and sit down and talk to it and ask it its opinion and it's able to give it back to you, that is really advanced stuff. It really is. I mean, and it could it could possibly help out uh, with these robots and, and, and the AI system, uh, you know, take care of a lot of a loneliness, if you will. Uh, there was a movie called Her where there was a lonely guy that wasn't able to get a date in his life and he just kept talking to this system. And the system, whether it was sentient or not, was portraying that it was in love with him and that and he fell in love with it and he really stopped communicating with other people. Not that he had a lot of interaction anyway, that's why he turned to this thing. But um, maybe in a lot of ways it could uh, help out with depression because it's keeping you company. Um, there, there's a lot of great possibilities, like you were saying, um, you know, menial tasks like uh, ask your robot to go walk the dog or. Uh, Take the groceries out of the car and bring them in the house and put them away. Um, hopefully, uh, we don't know what, the, what 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 could come out of this. I mean, who knows? Maybe your robot eventually will think that uh, that it that it is human. Uh, like if you would say something degrading to it, it'd be get depressed and be like, "You hurt my feelings." And are you going to have to apologize to this thing? And will it have rights at some point? You know what? You know. Every government across the world has some corruption in it. Will they pass some type of, well, you can't do, you can't hit your robot. You can't talk this way to your robot. You can't say negative things to your robot or it's going to report you. Robots have rights too. Yeah. And that's crazy. I'll tell you what, um, the office assistant Siri that comes on the iPhone has changed uh, life for many people. Uh, My dad uses it quite often. Uh, It's a great way to settle an argument. If we're having a conversation and we come to a point where we need the facts, it's easy for him to just uh, use the command to wake her, ask the question, and it comes out, you know, immediately. So there's many ways that AI has been affecting our lives already. And to say something like uh, Google and use that as uh, a benchmark, like uh, it, it is really a benchmark, it's probably the number one thing that people will go to to find out information it's probably the number one search engine right now but in the future i don't know that it will be able to hold that number one spot because there are things that are occurring like um voice commanded ais like siri and now um text uh robots like chat gpt i think that it's constantly evolving and in order for google to stay relevant they're going to need to evolve as well yeah i totally agree and we have to hope too that these the the people that are programming um ai systems such as chat gpt um keep an open mind and don't let it be uh for the lack of a better term just uh one way leaning like uh like if you were if you were undecided in an election like who should i vote for 
hopefully the the AI system isn't leaning one way or the other. Like here in the United States, we have Republicans and Democrats and independents. Hopefully, if you're not, well, who should I vote for? It's like, well, you should definitely vote for a Republican, or you should definitely vote for this Democrat because this is what they stand for, and that is the right way that humans should behave and perceive politics. In Russia, if you ask that question, it would say Putin. <laughs> With, without a doubt. It, it definitely would. Well, that's uh, that's the the deep uh, information and, you know, the synopsis on what we have as far as, uh, you know, what chat GPT is. Um, now we're going to get into the fun part where we asked it to write us a psychedelic rock song. Steve, do you want to read it? Do you uh, I'll read. Uh, I will read some of it, but I, I want you to read some of it. Okay. Too. You you read verse one, and then I'll I will go. Okay. So right above verse one, it stated musical introduction, but here's the lyrics. Verse one: In the mind's eye, I see colors and shapes. My senses heighten. Time begins to escape. The world transforms as my thoughts unfurl. In this altered state. My spirit begins to swirl. Now the chorus, psychedelics take me on a journey to a place where everything is blurry. My soul connects to the universe. In this altered state, I feel rebirth. Verse two is, the walls breathe, the floors move, as I explore the depths of my truth. My emotions amplified, my ego dissolves. I am one with nature, I feel resolved. And then the chorus comes back in. Psychedelics take me on a journey to a place where everything is blurry. My soul connects to the universe. In this altered state, I feel rebirth. Then the bridge. In this realm, I find inspiration. I see the world in a new formation. I'm grateful for this experience. It's a gift that brings me to my essence. And of course, the chorus. Psychedelics take me on a journey to a place where everything is blurry. My soul connects to the universe. In this altered state, I feel rebirth. Then the outro says, The trip may end, but the impact stays. Psychedelics showed me the new ways. To understand myself and the world around, I am grateful for this psychedelic sound. Now that's just awesome. That's deep, man. That is so cool. I mean, when we first asked it to write this song, we we didn't really know what we were going to get. And again, like within three seconds, it wrote this song. Now, we asked for psychedelic rock, and it just interpreted it as, it took it as a rock and roll song talking about psychedelics. But there's so many of them do. Definitely. They definitely do. And this song was just, man, the lyrics are amazing. I was I was taken back by it when it came out. I was thinking to myself that it was going to be like row 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 your boat, like very simple and easy. And when I saw the depth to it, it um, it made me think about creativity differently. Totally. So if there's any musicians out there that are uh, listening to this podcast, if you want to write the music to it and uh, and and sing the lyrics along, it'd be amazing. We'll play it here on the podcast and blast uh, your rendition out to 28 different countries. For sure. And, uh, you know, get you some recognition because, man, that was a lot of fun. And I was astounded at the accuracy that it could do and within three seconds and to make it such a great song, in, in our opinion. Man, ChatGPT is such a cool topic to talk about. It really is. So uh, I, I advise or... Or you know, uh, I suggest that you go out and uh, you know create create an account with ChatGPT and 
see what it can do for you. Ask it some different questions and just have some fun with it and see what you can come up with. And uh, if uh, if you are that songwriter, you can write to us at subtlebeespodcast at gmail.com. And if, if anybody out there is playing around with it and you want to send us any cool information or cool songs that it wrote for you, send us an email and we will, uh, you know, we'll read them here uh, on the podcast. Sounds good. So, well, that's our show on ChatGPT and AI in its infancy. And uh, as, as ChatGPT grows and advances, uh, we may have to revisit this um, and give some more information. But until that time, I'm Volt. And I'm Steve. And we'll see you next time. Take care of one another. Bye-bye.